This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I've been watching him on social media. This young man is, and he's young, he's 21 years old. And I was super, super happy because, you know, I've been talking on these airwaves about the work being done by young people is historic. We've talked about Fred Hampton, Martin and Malcolm and then we're talking about people in their 20s, the, the Black Panthers, college age, people in their 20s out in the streets making a difference in this world. And this brother is doing it uh, because instead of sitting on the sidelines waiting for the government to step in with a program, he saw a need and filled it. So uh, let me welcome the founder of X for Boys, X for Boys in Albany, Georgia, where he's even taking custody of children, starting schools, purchasing school buses, et cetera, et cetera. Let me welcome the one and only King Randall to the Karen Hunter Show. Hey, hey. what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing excellent in yourself. I am awesome, actually. I can't help it. Uh, it's way the way I was uh, formed in the womb. Uh, and I'm, I just want to applaud you because, um, you know, a lot of people talk King Randall, a lot of people run their mouths, you know, uh, very few people willing to do the actual hard work, which is getting out there yes, in the ma'am. streets. So I'm like, anybody that's doing it in the streets, I'm gonna have them on these airwaves to talk about how, so take yes, us ma'am. back to the, to the moment that made you get up off your couch or from in front of your video games. I don't know what you do and go out <laughs> there and do something. Absolutely. Um, Where I live in Albany, Georgia, um, at one point, we were the fourth poorest city in the whole United States. Um, And at another point, we were the murder capital. We were a a city with 77% Black people here. Um, And we don't have any rehab programs for any juvenile offenders where I live in Southwest Georgia. So these children are kind of going to jail and and coming right back. Um, And plus, I've seen many of my classmates murdered. Um, Also, uh, many of my classmates going to jail. Um, for many different crimes and things like that. Mind you, I'm 21 years old, but at the time I was 19. And of course, every time somebody dies, we have all of these come together. We need to have a meeting, you know, type events all the time, every time somebody gets killed, but nobody's actually doing the work to prevent this from happening, you know, in the first place. Um, So I stopped going to different meetings and I just started doing work. Uh, The first thing I ever did was did a field trip with some young men um, I took 20 boys to Atlanta, to Atlanta, Georgia, um, to the, Silver, the Center for Civil and Human Rights, and also for, to the African-American History Museum. I took these 20 boys there um, to teach them, you know, some different things about the, our history and things like that. But when we returned from the trip to hear the young men asking so many questions, uh, to hear them wanting to know more, to hear them wanting to do other things, plus not to mention a lot of our boys in Albany never get a chance to leave the city of Albany. Atlanta is like two hours away. That's I go to Atlanta all the time and these children had never even been outside the city. Um, so for them to be able to get a chance to go to Atlanta for them wanting to learn more, I knew that was where I was supposed to be because these children actually don't like the conditions that they're in and they want to change. They want to see something different. Uh, so I started uh, with that program, uh, taking them on field trips. Then I started teaching them how to work on cars. I learned all these things growing up from my former stepfather. So I taught the boys how to change oil. I did an oil change workshop at my uncle's house. Uh, we taught 20 boys how to change oil. Um, they all got their different certificates. And to hear the parents call me and say how proud their kids you know, were and how happy they were to get some certificates, especially for those young boys who may not be academically inclined and never get any types of awards, for them to get that little small certificate, they want to put it on their walls and things like that because they feel like they can do something now. They, they got a sense of self-confidence because they can do something. 
Um, and then right after that, I did a brake change workshop. I taught some boys how to change brakes. And then we did multiple other workshops. I taught them how to change ceiling fans, change toilets, sheetrock, flooring. And these kids were learning how to do everything. And so um, right after that, I did a summer program. I did a summer camp out of my house. Um, I made a flyer on my phone and I basically said everything that I'd be offering um, in my summer camp. I had just lost my job, actually. And I, I think that was God kind of pushing me to do what it is that I wanted to do. Uh, so I did a summer camp. Um, I had 20 parents that believed in this 19-year-old kid at the time to teach their boys uh, how to be men. Uh, so every day I taught in my dining room. I had me a small little dry erase board and I had me different little tables set up in a U in my dining room. And I taught every day. We taught uh, finances, history. Uh, we taught, <laughs> I was teaching them how to read, vocabulary. Uh, Wait a bit. So, so King Randall, is that your birth? Is that your given name? Did your mother name yes, you King? I love it. Mm -hmm. So my she name's knew. King she Randall. knew. Uh, what so you're 19 most 19 year olds are not thinking about how can i help the other people around me you know first of all how did you from albany georgia not fall prey or victim to what was happening around you what was was it the church because it sound you sound like you got a, a solid church grounding yes uh, i played the drums my whole life but i'll say it came from all the men in my life um, my former stepfather to the deacon that stayed behind me to the, the truck driver across the street to uh, our neighborhood guy who used to lay bricks down the street from me. Um, all the men in my life, you know, uh, built me into who I am. Um, and I believe men are extremely important because I grew up in the hood. Um, however, we had a nice house. You know, we had a nicer house. My mom always tried to keep it up. You know, we didn't just look all run down. We didn't look like we belonged there. But, you know, I grew up in that type of neighborhood but i was taught you know correctly by the men in our neighborhood we had us a little village you know we had the truck driver across the street uh we had uh my deacon that stayed behind me my former stepfather and guy down the street he used to sell candy and stuff instead of a candy lady we had a candy man call him pie man so go down there and go buy you know oatmeal pies and stuff like that so we called him pie man um but uh, yeah the men in my life uh are you know who taught me what i know and um are the reason i think the way i think was there one kid uh, that, that pulled you in where you were like, I got to do something, uh, to, and then that snowball from there, was there one instance King Randall that, that put you in this space? Um, my little brother, um, my younger brother, um, I'm an only child on my mom's side. But my dad has multiple children and for this little brother, he's a uh, second oldest and I'm the first oldest, but, uh, he's 15 now. Um, but at the time, uh, I think he was about 13, 12 or 13. Uh, when I came back into his life, um, and I never really worried about him because, you know, he was with his mom and his mom was strict and, you know, she made sure he was always on his grades and, you know, all that. So I never really like worried about him. I used to come to his birthday parties and stuff like that. But um, she called me one day. She said, King, I don't know what's going on with him. You know, he's he, he going crazy, touching on little girls. And he's I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, this is the same QJ like that used to make all the good grades and used to be all preppy and stuff like that. So I came and found him and he was just wild. Like uh, he was sagging and. All that goodness, you know, he just turned into like, he was turning into this little thuggish kid or whatever like that. But he was only 13 at the time. So, I mean, he was getting fat. He was getting really big and stuff. And I'm used to him being skinny. And he's taller than me, by the way. I mean, he's about six feet. Uh, his mom is about six feet tall. He's about six one now, um, but I'm only five seven. So I'm, I'm used to him like being this slim kid and stuff like that. But he's getting, he was getting fat and his hair was all messy. And it was, it was a mess. Um, so I came back into his life. Um, I started teaching him. Of course, I, I do believe in hardcore discipline. I don't have to touch him, um, but I do do a lot of uh, hardcore exercising and things like that. 
Uh, so I started disciplining him. I started training him. I started having him around me more and to see the change within a week, you know, with him, he turned from the, the teacher's like mo most like hated kid to the best kid. You know, he started wearing suits to school like I did when I was in high school. He brought his grades back up. He's like uh, first chair of trombone in the band. I mean, he's turned into like this awesome kid. And like when people see him now, like he he think he's grown because because of how he acts and how he talks. Um, because, but I trained him, you know, I, I taught him, you know, exactly, you know, what I believe a man should be, but also he tries to emulate me a lot. So I, I pay attention to him. So that way I can see what I need to fix about myself. Um, because he tries to emulate me to a T. So I'm always on my P's and Q's, you know, in, in regards to uh, him, because he's always watching me and everything that I'm doing. But now I'm, I'm glad that he's getting older and in high school. Now he's developing his own personality now like his he's being himself now which is which is what i'm loving so he has a, a good foundation and now he's becoming you know his own person and i'm loving you know what i'm seeing from him of course you still have like those little teenage issues but for the most part you know he's a stand-up you know young brother and um, i'm definitely glad but he is really what started me and seeing the change i made on him uh definitely made me really want to get into what i'm doing now King Randall is here, uh, emerging, uh, new emerging king. You can follow him there, new emerging king. And the xforboys.org, uh, which uh, he's also the founder of X for Boys. Where'd you get that X for Boys? What is that? Right. Yeah, so that's the name of the organization. I call it the X for Boys. Um, so the letter X means unknown, kind of like in a math problem. Um, so you have to solve for X. And so our motto is let us make man. And this, this is the X for Boys. So we're solving for X and teaching boys how to be men. Mm. Uh, I'm not mad at this. 866-801-8255. There are some people who are mad at you. They, they don't, they, yeah, they don't, they absolutely. Don't. <laughs> I mean, but you know what? Um, I always feel like if you're not willing to do it, then don't criticize it. And it's not for everybody. But if it's working, I don't live in Albany, Georgia. I don't have children in Albany, Georgia. You know, we, we will always complain about things when we're not necessarily out there doing it. And if it's making a difference, I'm seeing these young men. And listen, listen you know, we were talking about hair earlier. I, I feel people, grown people should wear their hair however they need to wear it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as long as they can get the job done. But young people need discipline and structure and things that uh, unfortunately – we don't necessarily have a lot in abundance, and especially in our school system where very few uh, leaders, teachers look like the kids that are being taught. And so Absolutely. for you to be so young and yeah, you got a lot of growing to do, but how do Absolutely. you handle the criticism uh, that you receive and what is the criticism? I'm just... Um well, I don't respond to any negativity at all. So uh, I some people just want me to respond to them, but I'm not, I'm not gonna give you any of that press. Um, but of course, I tell people all the time, I mean, you can argue and disagree with me, but you can't dispute the results. Uh, we have many results. Our children are changing. We have a 0% recidivism rate. I um, mean, every child that's come to our program from jail has never been back. We have an 86% reading comprehension rate. Our children are learning how to read, coming from children who didn't know how to read at all. Um, so our, obviously the program's working. And most of the people that do try to criticize me and things like that are commentators, et cetera who are intimidated by the fact that they've used their platform since before I was born to tell black people that they're not able to do this, that, and the third because somebody's gonna stop them, but then they put their cash up and their PO boxes and all that up at, on the screen after that for people to pay them just to tell them about why their life's so bad. But now you got somebody that's coming to show you that we can go and do something in our communities regardless of your age, and you just simply gotta wanna have some big boy faith and do it. So they're intimidated and wanting to you know, uh, say bad things about me because they don't want anybody to see that they actually can go do something. They make their money from us having problems, but when there are solutions, they have no more money to make. 
yeah, I, I, I do think a whole lot of people uh, would not have a platform if we solve certain problems uh, in society. Absolutely. I do believe that. I don't believe that, you know, it's it's intimidation or they feel, you know, uh, some some things. You know, it's an oversimplification because I think what it is is that we have forgotten, so we need to remember that it's folk in your age group that have always led the, whether we're talking about the Freedom Riders, whether we're talking about John Lewis, 19 getting bashed in the head across the Selma Bridge, you know, it's always been this generation. So the job for people that are older is to make sure that y'all have the resources and the platforms and, and the guidance to do more because you got right. the energy to do it. Um, what's your entry point? Because I'm really curious for kids that uh, don't want to read. How do you get them? You know, what's your method for getting them to read? Um, well, for the most part, I'm, I, we start with how grandma told you, I'm grown, you're not, so we're going to read. Let's start there. So, but also, I try wait, to get things so that like a, You just tell them what, to, what, what you're going to do. What you going to oh, do? Oh, yeah, yo, you, you're going to read. Yeah, all of them are going to read. But however, I try to make it fun. I try to make it interesting. I also try to make sure we read books that are like kind of in their area. We don't read fiction books, but we will read nonfiction books But I, that I believe they could get interested in. Like what? Plus, what interested have, you? What was, the, what was the entry point book for you? Um, when I was younger, the first book that I actually really read, um, it was called Why A Students Work for C Students by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, that was like the first real book that I read. Um, and it kind of like changed my whole outlook on finance and things like that. But um, we started reading Letters to a Young Brother by Hill Harper. That was the first book we ever read in book club. Great book. It literally breaks down like every little area of teenage boy life. Um, and then right now we're reading Up from Slavery by Booker T. Washington. Um, just to show like it kind of shows them how their lifestyles are, you know, coming from nothing, but being able to build all the way up to something, um, especially how hard he had it. Um, and then for him <laughs> to have a, you know, a structure still standing today. Um, I believe that's extremely important, but we have spelling tests, we eat, you know, pizza and all that stuff, but they enjoy getting that little break from mom during the week and stuff like that. So book club is, is really interesting. I try to keep it fun for them and they love coming around me. Um, like I said, I try to make it really fun. So it, it's not really like I have to force them to read. They'll come and sometimes when they first get there, they're skeptical, obviously, because it's book. But then when you actually get into it and, you know, start having fun and we talking and having conversation, learning vocabulary words, you know, it, it gets fun. So what, what's your day to day? So you, you were working where and then you lost your job and then you started doing this. So what is your day to day? And we're talking with King Randall, new emerging king is where you can follow him. The X for boys dot org. What's your day to day like? Uh, so I was working, I was driving a forklift at the time, um, but I just lost my job. Um, but yes, yeah, now my my day to day is like something with the boys or thinking about something to do for the boys. We just purchased 40 acres of land um here who's Albany. we who's we who where you get this money king randall well i say we um because i believe everything me and my boys do is, is, as a team um they were with me when we closed on the land etc so i have my boys with me at all times we just put in work plus i'm a good steward of my money i don't go try and buy fancy cars i'm always in a t-shirt and some joggers just save my money i bought my first house at 19 um so that's just managing your money um but yeah we purchased the 40 acres we just closed on it last week um, and so, but at my everyday is st constantly doing something with the boys or constantly thinking about something to do with the boys. Um, right now I'm on a little hiatus with them. We're just doing book club right now because we're about to get into our summer program. Our summer program, the boys will be building two houses for the summer, um, two small 500 square foot houses. It'll be 40 boys, two teams of 20, and it'll be competition style. Lowe's will be sponsoring this uh, project for us. Are you filming um, it? Uh -huh, yes, yeah, so it'll be a documentary over it. Yes. 
Yep, it'll be a documentary. Who are you yes, looking ma'am. at over there? Who's there? Oh, I'm I'm looking at you. Uh, oh, you, my okay. screen's over here. Oh, don't look, yeah. <laughs> look at me. Look over here. Look over here, King Randall. All right, this is fascinating. All right, so you got sponsors because I was going to ask you mm-hmm. the source of your your money because uh, to do the things you're doing requires income, and you should Absolutely. have income. People should you should have money to do the things. No one should go broke helping uh, our kids. So so Lowe's has come in and they're sponsoring your your competition to build homes. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah, who's we, we the expert? Who's the expert? All right. So, um, well, I, I, of course, I'm a, a handyman. I can build a house. I was taught as a kid. However, we'll have some contractors, actual contractors come in from construction companies to help them build the houses because obviously they can get the permits and stuff like that. But they'll be instructing the boys day to day. Um, like I said, it'll be small, 500 square foot houses, nothing really big. It's just something that they can learn plumbing, learn HVAC, learn electricity, wow. all that goodness, you know, in the house. And then we'll donate these two homes to two homeless veterans. But they'll be building these two houses on the land that I just uh, purchased as well. Um, but on that land, they'll also be doing wilderness training. So they'll be learning how to survive in the wilderness. Also, we'll be um, putting a fresh food market there because there is no grocery store on that side of town. So we decided to go do it for ourselves and go buy some land to be able to start that. Plus, we'll be growing our own food out there as well. So we'll be putting fresh food in the fresh food market from the, the same land <laughs> that we have it on. Um, and also, we want to put uh, some cattle out there. Um, but that's only our first purchase of land we'll be buying more land soon oh so. my gosh oh i'm exhausted listening to you which is why this <laughs> is the inner so um did you did you get like a vision or did it just evolve so it first started with okay i'm gonna take these kids i, I did this with my brother and then i'm gonna mm-hmm. you know put them in a shirt and tie and some slacks and you know get them off the streets and they're gonna listen to me because you know i got that energy that that they're gonna listen and then it evolved from there or did, what did this pandemic do? How did that accelerate or decelerate your your vision? Well, that that's exactly what happened. Like I started organizing. Like I'm just gonna help the kids. You know, we're gonna do stuff day to day. You know, blah blah blah. But once I got into it, I was like, man, I need to start a school or something like one day because these kids don't know nothing. I'm just like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like how are you guys in ninth and tenth grade, et cetera, and you guys can't even read a book. And I'm like, how does this even work out? you know, how you guys can't read and write. But anyway, so I had said, you know, like two years ago, I wanted to open a school, but I was told them, I was like, I don't know how we're going to do it. We're going to make it happen one of these days. Um, so, you know, it just kept doing work. You know, I went broke a few times. My lights got cut off, et cetera. Um, the boys that I had come live with me um, during the 2020 uh, summer camp, they, I had six boys come live with me because it was coronavirus at the time and I didn't know what was going on. So I was like, well, they got to come live at my house. I put some bunk beds in my living room and we made it happen. But we was eating like hot and ready pizzas and beanies and weenies, noodles. But I had to make it happen. I, I wanted to do it. Um, so but we, we made it happen. So we started from, you know, being broken. You know, we had to push forward um, to make it happen. But uh, yeah, so I told them, um, you know, people started telling me I should start posting on social media. And um, I could, because I was posted, but I wouldn't like really like actively, you know, saying what we were doing every day because I was too busy consumed in the work. But people was like, you got to start posting because it's special. So I started posting more and um, I, I posted on Twitter one time and it went like mini viral and people like started seeing what we were doing. It was like, you guys should make a GoFundMe account or something like that. Mind you, this was last year. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'll make a GoFundMe account. Um, I made a GoFundMe and we raised like $20,000 like the first week. And I was like, okay, all right. Well, I said I wanted to open a school. So I guess I'll go building shopping. So I started looking for buildings. I was like, we got enough for like a little small down payment. So I started looking for buildings. I was going to do like some little storefront school or whatever like that. And um, I found a nice size building. It was it's actually 15,000 square feet. Um, and we was looking at that building. We made a promotional video about it. I mean, we was all in on this building. Um, of course, it, it wasn't a school, but we were going to make it into a school. 
Um, so, you know, fast forward from there, um, everything fell through with that building. It, nothing happened like it was supposed to. Plus, we had a lot of work that we were going to have to do on this building. Um, but, you know, we canceled on it because some of the things weren't lining up with what the owners were seeing and things like that. So I was kind of like at a standstill. But then somebody reached out and was like, have you reached out to the school superintendent about any old school buildings? I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that because I was like, I need a school. Um, so I reached out to him and um, he was like, we got three buildings up for demolition. And I was like, all right, can I tour one of them? He said, yeah, I went and toured one of them. It's on the east side of town where we serve the most children, where the children need us the most, where the projects are, et cetera. Um, and they were about to tear it down. It's in great condition. They just stopped using it two years ago. Um, it's 36,000 square feet, 25 classrooms, 11 acres, cafeteria, library, wow. you name it. It has everything except the basketball gym and we'll get that added on. But um, we officially made a deal with them uh, for this school location. Um, we have them to get it renovated and things like that, but we'll be opening for instruction um, this fall. Um, but the boarding school portion of the school won't open until next year because you have to get the necessary uh, licensing, get their sleeping quarters together, et cetera. But we'll be opening a boarding school. But all this just evolved. Like everything that you're hearing right now that's happened, it's happened less than a year. Like all this started in like October of 2020. And then like it's till now, it hadn't even been a year yet how fast everything's happened for us. And so now my my visions are just just keep coming back to back to back, you know, because I got new stuff I'm thinking about now. Okay, well, we can do this and we can do that. But then when that happens so fast, I'm like, okay, well, we can do this and we can go do that. You know, so I'm just constantly thinking of how can I improve the boys' lives more and more? Um, what can we do next? What can we do more? Um, and like I said, it's just eradicating all these excuses that we've been given, you know, the entire time we've been here as to why we can't do anything. You just got to go get, get up and do it. Who... Who do you, who's your mentor? Who do you talk to? Not, not the, the, the trucker, the candy guy. Mm -hmm. Who's the person that's given you the most guidance through this? Um, I have a circle of elders. Um, I, I don't consider myself an adult till I turn 25, which is when the decision-making part of my brain is to finish developing, but I still consult my mom, <laughs> uh, my manager. Uh, I have uh, uncles that I call and consult. They're all good for different things, such as relationships, such as life. Uh, lessons, et cetera. So I have a circle of elders that I call for different things. Um, all of them are good for their different areas. Um, but I do have a circle of elders that I consult um, to help me make my decisions. People that can call me and, you know, give me a verbal spanking whenever I post something that I shouldn't or say something that I shouldn't, you know, I have a circle of elders because I'm not a full adult yet. How do you manage your relationships with these boys that seem to be very time consuming? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I let them consume all my time, honestly, you know, but I love what I do. So it's not like, um, it's not like a job or work. I love what I do. I love to get the phone calls. I love to have to go to their schools. I love to help them with homework. I love waking them up in the morning. I love when they call me and ask about this, or they need to buy their mama something for Mother's Day or just all of that. You know, they need to buy their mama something for Valentine's Day. All of that goodness. I love all of it. I love all the phone calls. I love, hey, Ms. King, can I come spend the night? Or, hey, King, can you come get him? He he acting up today. I, I'm tired of him. Come get him. You know, just, okay. Just, I love it all. I, I love the whole thing. The relationships that we have, you know, are unmatched. And, you know, some of us have a father-son relationship. Some of us have a brother-brother relationship. You know, so I, I love it. Um, managing it is is nothing for me um, because this is what I want to do. So anytime any, they need help, I make time. Uh, King Randall's here. Uh, any disappointments so far? And any of the um, kids where one one got away or it didn't turn out the way you expected not yet i know it's coming but for the most part i keep a relationship with every child even if their parents aren't consistently bringing them to things like that because sometimes i have an issue with that um where 
I, the kids want to participate, but their parents aren't being consistent and I'm not able to run and jump for every child every time. So right now what um, my team and I are working on, we're working on a way, um, I'm about to buy the boys a van, um, but we're trying to work on a way to be able to, instead of the parents having to be consistent, we can be consistent and we'll have people to dedicate it to go pick up the children for different events. You know, we'll designate kids to certain volunteers for them to always go pick them up, communicate with the parents, et cetera. We're going to try to create this like carpooling thing for people that want to help the children and volunteer to be able to go get the children and bring them to different events because the children want to come, the children want to go do stuff, but parents sometimes are working. Parents are sometimes doing this. Parents are on vacation. Parents don't feel like bringing them. Parents don't want them to do with them, you know? So we want to try to make sure we're, we're filling that area because if I can, again, affect more children, I want to be, I don't want the parents not being able to bring them to stop, you know, their progress. Um, so we're going to try to make that happen. We were just having a strategy meeting about that yesterday uh, because I want to make sure we're being able to serve the children consistently because they're not able to change unless we're consistently being in their lives. Some people think that you can change a child by having one conversation or having one talk at school or them coming to one workshop. No, these children need like years worth of training. I got kids I've been working with for two years that are still developing, you know, so it's, it takes time. It takes passion and consistency and love and, and being attentive all of that it's not just a one-stop shop you know you have to make it happen so i want to stay in touch king randall uh we're absolutely keep yes ma'am keep watching uh yes the x for boys.org the x for boys.org i want to also follow this journey that you're taking to build homes this summer i think that's going to be amazing so absolutely yes ma'am take good pictures we're going to follow you on the social media platforms as well i appreciate what you're doing uh and thank, thank you. you thank you for coming in king randall y'all that's what royalty looks like